Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 54 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. Welcome back if you've listened before and an extra special welcome if this is your first show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Nicole Yates from Melbourne, Australia. But first, in some doggy news... How much do you reckon your dog is worth? Uh, just recently in Australia, a Kelpie uh, working dog sold for our record $35,200 uh, down in Victoria. It was a two-year-old Kelpie by the name of Hoover who will be used to round up sheep, cattle and or goats. He was uh, described by the couple that were selling him uh, as full of energy and life, uh, really connects with you, a, basically a complete package with a cool personality. Now, good luck in uh, your new home, Hoover. Um, slightly delayed results from the 145th Annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show with Wasabi, the Pekingese, who won Best in Show after winning uh, Toy Group. The runner-up was Bourbon the Whippet, uh, who won the Hound Group. The non-sporting group, Matthew the French Bulldog. The herding group was Connor, the Old English Sheepdog. Uh, the sporting group was Jade, the German Shorthaired Pointer. Working group was Striker the Samoid, and the Terrier group was Boy the West Hunter White Terrier. Congratulations to all those doggies. And not too far away in Wales on Sereth Beach, a gentleman was fishing and taking some photos. He was alerted by his Springer Spaniel, Leah, who was barking at the water's edge at something. The gentleman went down to investigate and Leah had found a stranded baby dolphin. So the gentleman then spent a little bit of time coaxing, picking it up and putting it back into the water. Good news is that it survived, swam away. So good on you, Leah, for helping out the dolphins. Now for this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Nicole Yates. How are you? Good, thank you, Rob. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. And who are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're talking about Nuka, Black German Shepherd. Um, he's three years old, long coat Black German Shepherd. Nice. And still a pup. Yeah, yeah, still a pup. <laughs> so... Uh, as sort of per usual, I'm going to ask you just to go back in time, just before you got Nuka, 
and talk a little bit about the the whys and the how that you guys got together. Yep. So before Nuka, we had a, well, we got her at 10 years old, a white Swiss shepherd named Zeke. So that's pretty much where Nuka's story begins. Um, we got, yeah, so as I said, we got her at 10 years old. Um, she was a family dog. She was my brother's at first. Then she ended up with my mum. And my mum was moving away. It was around the same time that we bought a house. Me and my partner bought a house um, that they were going to Echuca. So my mum was going to be travelling a lot, coming back down to Melbourne from Echuca, and she didn't think it would be fair on Zeke to uh, be travelling or being left back at at Echuca. Um, So we decided we just bought the house. So we said, we'll we'll take her on. Um, It'll be a good good chance for her to have a good home and not be moved around all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we had we took on Zeke at 10 years old. So being a family dog, she'd been raised with ferrets and things. Um, so she, that was good because I had my ferrets, but she'd never been raised with birds or anything like that. So that was a bit of a, a um, mission for me, having birds and a lot of other small animals to bring in this 10-year-old dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had to retrain her with um, all the small animals, birds and rats and things, and just just her, her being so smart. She was just so intelligent, just blew me away. She used to, uh, in, a, in the backyard back at mum's place, she would catch birds, kill birds. Um, my brother had turtles. She got one of the turtles one time, so it was a bit of, bit of a worry bringing her into our home mm-hmm. with different animals. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, she was just so smart. Um, I just, I'd get a bird, I'd tell her it's a friend, be nice, and she was just amazing with them all. She would let them sit on her. Uh, she would just take them in. Any small rats or anything, she would just sit there. She didn't really want to look at them. It was always funny. She couldn't look at them because she, I think she felt like, oh, this looks like fun, but I'm not allowed to touch this sort of thing. <laughs> it was all. Always funny um, introducing her to new things. Um, but, yeah, so she, just the intelligence of the breed just blew me away and I thought after that I just I just needed another shepherd basically. Um, before Zeke I actually wanted a Great Dane, which is a bit, a bit different. I just wanted a nice big dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having Zeke, it just, I just fell in love with the shepherd breed. Oh, they're just an amazing dog. So, so we had her for a few years, and then I decided because she was getting old, she was um having problems with her hips. So I thought, oh, maybe it's time to get another puppy. Sort of keep her moving a bit more, um, keep her active, try and get them hips moving. So we started talking about a puppy that was something me and my boyfriend didn't really agree on. Uh, he wasn't too keen on bringing a puppy into the household with Zeke still around, so that was a bit of a mission. And at the point at that time, I'd also decided that I wanted a black shepherd rather than a white shepherd, just go for something different. So I started searching around, googling breeders for black German shepherds. Found one that I really loved the sound of up in New South Wales, uh, which was a bit bit far for us being in Melbourne, but. I just love the sound of them. They were just 
they said they bred family dogs, um, good temperament, uh, the straight back, which is what I also liked about them. Mm -hmm. um, I got in contact with them and they had a very long waiting list. Um, so I thought, oh, that, that'll be good. That'll be good to um, convince my boyfriend to let me bring a puppy into the house. Um, so I think I was on the waiting list for about six months. And then out of the blue, they sent me an email saying a puppy had become available, which was actually a lot sooner than what I thought. Um, they said uh, his family hadn't, hadn't worked out. They decided they wouldn't take him. And at that time he was six weeks old. So I had, well, what did they give me? 48 hours to decide whether I wanted this puppy or not. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, no pressure. So I had that time to um, convince my boyfriend, yep, I want this puppy. Um, obviously I hadn't met him or anything. I didn't know what he was like. Um, I just knew that he was solid black and a long coat. So, yeah, the... The mission was to um, convince my boyfriend to say yes to this, and um, I won, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had two weeks to prepare. Um, we had to plan a trip up to New South Wales, which was a 12-hour drive for us up to where his breeders were. Um, so we, we made the trip up there. We um, met him, met the family. It was it was mo the most amazing thing. Just all these shepherds just came running at us, just so happy, and all these puppies running around and beautiful family. The family there was so nice, and it was just exactly what I wanted um, for my puppy. Just a beautiful family dog. Sounds like a, a really good breeding environment then. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, being in a family with lots of small animals, it's just, yeah, perfect, basically. So we made the 12-hour drive there. On the way back, we didn't want to make drive the whole way home with the puppy, so we um we had to sneak him into a motel on our, on our way home, which was a bit scary because I thought, oh, I've got this puppy. I've just taken him away from his family. He's going to be crying and barking, and we were just... It wasn't going to end well, basically. But no, he did really good. He um, he slept all through the night. Not a noise from him in the motel room. He was just, he was perfect, basically. Nice. Um, and in the in the car. In the car, yeah. He just chilled. I sat in the back with him. Um, yeah, he, he was just a dream. Uh, slept most of the way. We had a few stops and let him out for a we in that and he'd stick with us and yeah jump back in the car and away we went again so how was the initial so entry into the home um into the home so he was a bit scared of Zeke at first um he barked at her a few times she was a bit bit funny with him not sure what he was um but yeah, after a few hours, they, they were fine. They were sleeping together. Um, we had the cat as well at that point. Um, so the cats took a while to warm up to him, but, yeah, it was just, yeah, they were meant to be together. <laughs> so apart from Ziki and the cats, what other animals did you have at that time? Uh, so at that time I had a lot of birds. I had my ferrets. Um, I had, I had the rats, or I had one rat at that time. 
Um, guinea pigs as well. And the chickens. I think that, oh, and the reptiles. I lose track of what I've got here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, bringing him into that sort of home, that was a bit of a mission as well. Um, how, so, how do you go with the, the meet and greets through all those different species? It was a slow process. Uh, so, what did I start him on? I started him with the ferrets, um, but ferrets are tough little things. Like they just want to play with everything. So, he, yeah, he was really good. Like just staring at these things, jumping up at his face, trying to trying to bite his toes and things like that. He was um really good with them. The chickens. Chickens were a bit more tougher. They were, um, he just wanted to chase them. Um, so that took a lot of training. It was a lot of nose and, yeah, a lot of making him sit and stay and let the chickens come up to him and that sort of thing. Um, but we had them locked up in a se- separate section of the yard at the time so we could have full control over the situation with him. But, no, he... Um, yeah, he learned to love them as well and it was actually funny because I he was out in the backyard while we were at work, the chickens were locked up, so we thought, oh, it's all good, they're, they're safe from him, he won't be silly with them or anything. Got home from work one time and he pulled the fence down, chickens were running around the backyard and Nuka's just sitting there amongst them I'm like, oh, well, glad I trust him now. Be at home the chickens, they were all fine, everybody was healthy and well, so... Just yeah, a, a little bit of relief there. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, because he was still quite young and very puppy-like at that stage too. So, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a concern, but no, he was great. Um, yeah, you're, not, so, you're not in a, like, high-density suburban area, are you? We were at that stage. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we were just on a small block. Um yeah, so a small backyard, much smaller than what we are now. So, yeah, well, there wasn't much much escape for the chickens if we needed it. Um, so then I had I had an aviary too with all my birds. So I'd take him into the aviary, and what I'd do there was I'd just make him sit and or drop. I'd get him into a drop position. Um, let the birds. I have a few friendly birds, so they'd come down to me just slowly introduce them to him. He'd just sit there patient, patiently. Um, I'd let him sniff them and he was just great. Like, yeah, it was just amazing. He just knew exactly what he what he needed to do. He knew he wasn't allowed to hurt them. Um, same with the guinea pigs. I'd make him sit still, lie down so he wasn't so big for them. And also because I knew he was going to get big, so he was still a puppy at this stage. I knew he was going to be a big boy, so I didn't want him being too um, boisterous around all these small animals and cause them injury when, when he got bigger. So that was all, that was the reasoning behind making him drop um, when he's around them. So, which actually turned out quite well because now when I bring new new animals home, he sort of gets in a drop position as soon as he sees them, sits there waiting for me to introduce him to them. Um, so, yeah. Was that a, a big challenge being a, a, a puppy and then having to to maintain the, that that downstay? Um, 
you'd think it would be a big challenge, but he's just such a smart dog. And I think um, so one of our vets at one point, uh, she said she said that he was wise beyond his years. And that, <laughs> at that time he was about eight months old or something. And, and he really was like he was just such a calm. You wouldn't have thought him a puppy. He was just so calm and so gentle with everything. Um, I'd take him to dog parks and everybody would compliment him just say, oh, he's just a gentle giant. Um, and he was big for his age too. He was a very big puppy. Um, but, yeah, he was just so gentle. I remember also we took him to, I was around that time, around his eight-month time, I was looking at different uh, dog trainers for him and I went and checked out the local German Shepherd Club and so I took Nuka along, watched them do all their training, and afterwards I went and met up with one of the trainers. And he said to me, are you sure he's eight months old? And I'm like, yeah. He just, he was just blown away that he was just, his nature, he just sat there watching. Um, yeah, and, and his size as well, he couldn't believe it. But, yeah. So he's always been quite a, a calm and gentle dog, which is definitely... Um, helped in our situation with all, all the small animals. <laughs> so did you ever have any sort of intention of him doing any sort of like uh, more intensive training or dog sports or anything like that? Uh, no intention to. Um, we've just been through all your standard puppy training uh, and then up to adult adulthood training. Um, we've actually been through a few trainers because as gentle as he is, he does have leash reactivity. So that's been my biggest problem with him um, or yeah, biggest challenge, I should say. Uh, off the lead, Angel loves everybody, uh, just goes around licking other dogs' faces. Um, but then on the lead, he actually, yeah, with his leash reactivity, he's very, um, very vicious looking <laughs> when he lunges barks at other dogs but yeah in most cases when I do once the other person with their dog get gets to realize that he's not there to hurt them and they let let him come up to their dog he is really good and just licks them but um yeah so I've been through a few trainers trying to work through this uh leash reactivity um yeah, and we're still working on it, actually. <laughs> it's an ongoing process, but, yeah, we're, get, we're getting there. Right. But, yeah, our training has just really been general obedience training. Mm -hmm. What was Nuka's, like, favourite toy toys and things like that? Did he play with a lot of that or did he sort of more like, oh, hang on, I've got something better than toys, I've got all these other animals around me that I can sort of interact <laughs> with? Uh, he does, he loves his ball or balls, absolutely loves balls. He loves playing with the hose when I'm cleaning out things. But, yeah, when, um, if there is a ball or the hose around and I'm up with the animals, the animals just take over. He's just, yeah, so obsessed with them. He's got one ferret, so I'll, I'll take him in um, to my ferret house while I'm, well, just all the time, but while I'm cleaning them out in particular, I hose, hose out their ferret room and he, any other time with the hose, he's all for it, biting it, playing with it, um, trying to catch that water. But when he's in with the ferrets, there is just one particular ferret, my female ferret, Ray. He is just 
focused on. He loves her so much. So you could have a ball. You could be. Uh, yesterday, I was squirting him with the hose, but he was his attention was just on Ray. He just he just loves her so much. Um, I've got four ferrets in total. Uh, the three boys and the one girl, and the boys will be running around Nuka, climbing on his back, uh, sniffing him, and he'll just be focused on Ray. He won't won't pay any attention to the boys. But <laughs> <laughs> it's quite it's, quite, it's I, I don't know what's going on there. It's weird, but yeah, he loves her. That they sort of like yeah. uh, what, what's uh, the interaction sort of like? Does he normally just sort of like sit there, or is it a little bit of like an active chase and and play as well? No, no active chasing or playing because, um, yeah, from a puppy I've sort of taught him not to do that because that's not what I want with the small animals and this big black dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's more sit there. So if he is standing, I generally tell him to drop. Um, he, I mean, he does walk around them and sniff them and lick them and that. But, yeah, I tend to put him in a drop so that he's more at that level. He's staying still. Um and not going to step on anyone. So he comes in the aviary a lot as well. I've got a bigger aviary now where we are um, with rabbits and guinea pigs. So he comes in there a lot with me and he just lies there. He knows that's the drill. Lie there, be good, watch everybody, let them come up to him. Um, yeah, he's he's really good. That's so really focusing on that, that mental stimulation and, and interaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny in the Avery, actually, he's got a favourite guinea pig as well. He seems to pick favourites out of all the different species. <laughs> he's got this one guinea pig. So wherever this guinea pig goes in the Avery, he'll follow and he'll just he'll get up and then he'll drop in that position so he's closer to that guinea pig. Um, if the guinea pig moves to the other side, he'll get up and then he'll drop over there just so he can be next to this guinea pig. Oh, um, nice. He's got a... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say with the with the guinea pigs, they have a, a slightly different sort of interaction with him than obviously in the, the ferrets, so a little bit more gamer. Um, yeah, the guinea. Oh, it depends on the guinea pig. I've got two there that will go up to him and sniff him, and they'll be happy wandering around him. His favourite one doesn't particularly like him. He doesn't like being stalked by this big black thing. Um, <laughs> so he tends to hide a bit more. Um, but they're very different personalities. Um, he's got a favourite rat as well, which I I cannot get because I've got about 40 rats. And out of all of them, he's picked this one favourite. Um, she's a female as well. And he's just so focused and intent and just has to be, has to be with this rat. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know out of all the animals how he picks these favourites. Okay. So did, I'm taking that, that that sort of like your rat population, was it a gradual growth or how did that sort of happen? Um, so I, I've always had rats. I've had them probably about 25 years now. So they've always been part of my life and the my rat numbers have gone up and down throughout the years. Um. But my boyfriend, he's not the biggest fan of rats. He actually hates them. Um, So I dwindled down to just one rat at one point. Um, 
and it was always, oh, no, I'm not going to have any more rats after this one. But then when that one passed away, I just missed them and there was this hole in my life that I needed to fill, um, not having my ratties. So I ended up getting uh, three more and that three more turned into 30 more and with an accidental litter that turned into about 40, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but they're a very social animal. So, yeah, I wanted, I wanted bigger colonies. I've got my male and female colonies, so I can't have any any more accidents. Um, but yeah, so, and you can see that social socialization in them when Nuka is in there, they come up to him, they'll climb on him, they'll sniff him. I mean, they were raised with him, so they've always known him, but yeah, it's, it's a really special interaction mm-hmm. um, in all the animals. Do you think Nuka has a, any sort of different behavior with the like really younger baby rats to the older rats? Uh, he he seems to know the difference between the baby ones and the older ones. He's um, he doesn't lick the babies as much as he does the older ones. He seems to be a lot more gentle with them. Um, but in saying that, he's very gentle with all of them. He's um he's a very good boy. Yeah, I'm guessing the rats are loving it. They're going like, "Wow, we've got this big furry play gym to." jump all over and climb around yes yeah they they try to jump on him from the shelving in their in their enclosures and then they jump off him um they play with his tail they love his tail um and i've got a few of them that just love getting into his fur and just hiding in his fur oh that's that's just it's awesome (laughs) so you mentioned earlier that you're now in a, a different place how long yep. was it before and how old was Nuka when you moved? Um, how long? We've been here about a year and a half now. So he must have been about a year and a half. Um, and he was part of that decision getting the bigger property as well. I mean, we just wanted more space for us and more space for him to run around to. So we're, um, we've been here on just over an acre for a year and a half now. It was actually really funny when um, we bought this place. So we had a transition period. We kept the old house um, while we moved into this house because obviously we had a lot of animals. So I had to move into here, set up new aviaries, uh, set up new enclosures, a ferret house and everything. So it was a bit of a transition moving from the old house to this one. And it was funny because I'd take Nuka back to the old house to um, see all the animals and tend to them. And he'd refuse, I'd open up the boot of the car to let him out and he'd just refuse to leave the car. He's just like, why am I back here? Why are you bringing me back here? I want to go back to my fun house where I can run around and chase rabbits and things. And yeah, so it was quite funny. He just flat out refused to get out of the car at the old house um, because he his new place so much. You'd be thinking, hang on, there's still other, still my other friends here. You're gonna, you're gonna leave me here, or are you gonna take me back again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, having having the bigger property was the best best decision we made for Nuka um, and ourselves, really. But he just loves it. As I said, he just he's got so much land to run around now. Um, 
he loves, it's funny, he loves chasing rabbits. We've got a lot of wild rabbits around here. Absolutely loves chasing them. Um, and obviously I've got my pet rabbits as well. So it's quite a different, different attitude towards the wild ones and the pet ones. But um, he has actually caught a couple of wild rabbits, especially when it's baby season. He likes to catch the baby rabbits. But he just sits, he doesn't kill them. He sits there, um, pins them, and then just licks their faces. And then... <laughs> them go again <laughs> so I don't know what the wild rabbit population here thinks about that but yeah he seems to find fun in catching them licking them and then letting them on their way okay and I'm, I'm in, intrigued now and it's almost like what you're saying is there's like two different types of behavior whether they're your rabbits or the wild rabbits is that right yeah definitely um so I'll go back to training. So one one of the trainers I tried at one point, he was a German Shepherd trainer. He um he actually struggled with Nuka after a couple of sessions because he said to me, because Nuka's such a calm and just yeah, so so calm and gentle. The trainer said to me, I don't know how we're gonna train this guy. He's got no play drive no food drive and no prey drive. Um, and I said to him, oh, no, he kind of does have a prey drive because he does love, like, chasing the wild rabbits. He he does actually love doing that. He just doesn't chase them to kill them necessarily. It's just, yeah, fun of the chase. So there is a bit of a prey drive in him. Um, but you just don't see that with his friends. Um, he just seems to know the difference between who he should be friends with um, and the wild rabbit population here. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. It's a, just another example of just how intelligent that they are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very intelligent breed. So how do things go around feeding times? Um, feeding him... Actually, feeding him was a bit of a challenge for us uh, with him growing up. He would not eat. Um, It was very hard getting him eating Uh, from a very young age. So we kept him on the same food as his breeders had him on, but he just, after a few days, stopped eating that. So we'd try something else. He wouldn't eat it. Um, We had him to and from the vet trying to figure out why he wasn't eating. all sorts of food. Uh, yeah, as I said, no no food drive. So training him with treats wasn't really working. He'd eat them, but there just wasn't an interest in food. Um, so that's been a bit of a mission for us over the years. And it's only just recently. So he's three now, and I'd say only the last maybe six to eight months, he's finally developed an appetite and is eating. I don't know if it's now I've found a food that he actually enjoys or I don't know, now that he's running around on a bigger property, he's got more energy and feels he needs to eat eat the food. Um, but, yeah, that it was, it was a very stressful time for us trying to get him to eat. Um, yeah, he just, he just wouldn't. And he never sort of like showed interest in the different variants of all the other food for the other animals? Um, he likes chicken food. 
<laughs> he loves the chicken food. Um, but no, he never really. He'd eat, he'd eat the cat food, but I think that was only because he didn't want the cat eating the cat food. Um, it's a bit like the chicken food. So the um, all the wild bird population comes down to eat the chicken food, but he will chase them off as well, even though he's a bird lover himself and he's great with my birds. He'll chase the wild bird population off because he doesn't want them eating the chicken food. Um, but, yeah, it's not, not his food to eat, so I don't know why he has a problem with it, but, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, you just mentioned the the vet. So, throughout his, well, he's still a puppy, but has there been many sort of trips or any trips to the, to the vet for anything in particular? Um, no, just his. Well, he's had a few uh, allergies, um, skin allergies. So we're actually still in the process of trying to work out what's going on, which may also relate to his. Uh, lack of eating, um, we're trying to work out if it's food intolerances or environmental. So we've spent a lot of time cutting out specific foods, uh, especially the meat proteins, trying to figure out what's going on um, with his allergies. So, so far we've worked out that lamb doesn't sit with him very well, so we've cut lamb out of his diet. Um, But besides that, he's been really good, not too many trips, just your general health checks and that to the vet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the ongoing allergies, which we're working on. Just go back a little bit when he was a little bit younger and in, in your first sort of house. When he was going out for walks and socialising in the area, what, have any like favourite sort of like bits that he went to? Um, we always went down to the local Oval um, in our old area that have sort of like an unofficial dog dog group there. Um, so that was really good for him, socialising with the dogs there. Um, he had fun running around the Oval with him. Uh, he, he loves, he still loves um, going on adventures, so just going on car trips, going out to a location and finding new places, new smells, um, anywhere with a river, anywhere with water, he loves. Um, just loves getting in the water and swimming and throwing his ball in as well. Um, but yeah, socialization as a puppy, that was always tricky because he was such a big, well, scary looking, I guess, to other people dog that um, not many people wanted us to socialize him um, with their dogs. So I'd be walking him down the footpath and people would cross the roads to avoid us because they'd see this big black dog coming and I'd think, no, this is not good for a puppy. I need <laughs> I need him to walk past your dog and, um, yeah, have a sniff and, yeah, know, know what to do and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it made it very difficult socialising him and especially from a young age, his um, lead reactivity as well. It sort of developed and got worse as he got older but it didn't help the socialisation either because he'd be barking and lunging trying to get to this dog uh, being walked down the street and he'd just look scarier to the person. I'd say from a distance, oh, no, he's really nice, trust me, he's friends. And they'd just be saying, no, I'm not coming anywhere near that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a challenge for us um, and, and still is. And where does he ride in the in the car? Uh, we've got a wagon, so he sits in the back. Um, well, that's the, his main main 
form of transport. We've also got a four-wheel drive. The four-wheel drive is actually his favourite car because um, it always means we're going on an adventure, so he sits in the back seat of that and um, he loves it. Um, yeah, as I said, it always means we're going on an adventure, somewhere fun um, and exciting with new smells and just where he can run around because normally it's up bush that we'll take him there. Um, he tends to not be happy if we drive anywhere in the four-wheel drive without him. Cracks it so much because um, that's his car and he wants to come and, yeah, yeah. So I actually try to avoid driving the four-wheel drive anywhere without him because <laughs> I don't want to upset him too much. So they mostly day trips or you do some camping overnights and stuff like that as well? No, we actually, yeah, we like camping, so we take him out camping. We don't go as often as we'd like because obviously it's a bit hard for me to get out and get away with all the animals um, that need me here. But as often as we can, we do go camping and Nuka loves it. We always go um, up on the Murray in Echuca, um, where mum is also. and. Um, yeah, he just loves being free up there. He loves the the water, the river, uh, chasing the, the wake from the boats on the riverbank. That's one of his favourite games, just running up and down the riverbank, chasing the wake. Um, so, yeah, he def- definitely loves getting out and camping and just being free, really. He's a very free dog. Oh, good. Uh, is there any interesting encounters with wildlife when you've been out in the bush? Yeah, actually. Um, so one time up at Atuka on the Murray, uh, we came across a baby carawa, um, which is a native bird. Um, and, I was, and it was interesting because he was actually still quite young. He must have been about 12, 14 months at that point. So still a puppy and had really only socialised with my birds at home. So I thought, oh, this will be interesting to see what he does. But he, um, yeah, he just went up to it, sniffed it. Um, he was great. He knew, I think being a baby also, he knew that he couldn't be too too rough with it, not to lick it too much. He just sniffed it and then went on his way. It was it was really good to see. Um, made me very proud of him and just, yeah, amazing to know that he's not going to hurt any other animal while we are out. Um, yeah, so that was really good. Hi. Right. Very intuitive dog. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So sleep sleeps in the tent. Yep, he sleeps in the tent tent yeah. with us. What about at home? Uh, at home, he's got his nice big comfy beds all around the house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how often he tends to sleep at the window. So he's got a few beds around, but he tends to sleep at the window because he likes to keep an eye out for foxes. Um, so he sleeps there with his head out, staring out the window. And if a fox comes past, we, we know about it. Um, yeah. And he just wants to get out there and chase it. <laughs> Has that ever happened? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. So, uh, it's a regular occurrence. We're woken up to the fox bark. He's got a particular bark with the foxes. Um, but there was one morning it was, it was, light I was actually having a sleeping for a change I think it was about 7 a.m which is a good sleeping for me um and he started doing his fox bark and I thought oh I'll get him up because we've got the chickens but they're locked up at night but I thought I'll let him out and he can chase it away so I, I jumped out of bed let him out the front door 
Next minute, he's tra- this fox comes running down the driveway with Nuka hot on its tail, um, running down the front of the property and then up past me again and they're just doing, like, laps around. <laughs> Nuka ch- it jumped off, must have jumped a fence or something eventually, but, yeah. It's just a fun game for Nuka, I reckon. He's just He just loves Chasey. That's his thing. Has Nuka got... And it's probably going to be a hard question for you to answer because of all these different animal friends, but any sort of weird habits, something that you'd classify weird? Um, I'd say his weirdest habit is his obsession with Ray, the female ferret. Um, yeah, it's really just the weirdest thing. I, I honestly can't explain it. He's just so so focused on her um when he's in the ferret house he just has to know where she is he tends to stress if she's like sleeping in one of her sleeping holes he um he stresses because he can't find her and he'll start to whine and he'll be like where is she where is he and the other the boys will be running around you know he just ignores them he's just yeah just so intent on finding ray um yeah, which I'd say is his weirdest thing. Mm. He's he, definitely his closest animal friend. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she appreciates it so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes she just wants to get on her business, eat some bickies or even just use the kitty litter and she'll be trying to do a poo with this big black dog in her face just watching. Um, it's about his uh, close doggy friends. Um, yeah, he's got uh, actually just yesterday. Um, he grew he grew up with a kelpie, a red kelpie. So as a puppy, um, our neighbour had a red red kelpie that Nuka would always play with and always loved seeing him. So we catch up with them every now and then, either down at the dog park um, where they can have a run around. But just yesterday, he came round as well to visit so um they had a good run around the yard um and it's just amazing seeing them together um they don't see each other as often as we'd like anymore since we don't really live too close to each other but they just have so much fun together they tackle each other run around the yard and now we've got the big property too they just run all around the place um and find the ball together and chase the ball. And it's just really good seeing Nuka actually playing with a dog <laughs> rather than his animal friends. It's just such a different relationship where he can be a bit rougher and chase and tackle. And, yeah, it's it's really, really good when he and, him and Red get together. Did he take Red round for, like, the introduction to all my other species friends? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> Red, so yesterday Red was um, eyeing off the chickens as he normally does and so he gets the stern, no, don't go near them. I close off the chicken's yard um, when any other dogs come around, make sure they're all locked up safe. Um, yeah, even the cat, we, we don't let Red near the cat. He doesn't come near anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to ask you to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate. Um, wasps. Wasps. Yeah, I yeah, all the time too. <laughs> oh no! 
So, yeah, he ate his first wasp as a puppy and his face blew up like a balloon. So that was a trip to the vet as well, actually. But since then, yeah, he just likes eating wasps and he does, his face doesn't blow up anymore. So I don't know if he's just developed an immunity to them now or what. But, yeah, he... um. So I'll give him bones um, out in the yard and he won't eat them straight away. He'll set them in the yard and he'll walk away a little bit and he'll wait for the wasps to come and um, they'll come sure enough and they'll be sitting on his bone and then he just full charges at them, barks at them um, and tries to eat them. Interesting. Any Any other insects or just the wasps? Mainly just the wasps. He'll go for flies as well. Um, but, yeah, it just seems to be the wasps thing. I don't know why. Yeah, he likes chomping on them. Mm. So he clearly went after the first time when he got stung and his face blew up. And so how did the social media thing start? Because I know Nuka's got a little bit of a following going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, so I'm not very big on technology or anything like that. I've got Facebook, but I don't even use that too often. Um, so I'd used to, so with Nuka, I just started taking photos of him and, um, all the animals. So I'd line him up with a couple of rabbits, guinea pig, rat, bird on his head, and I'd call them my family photos. Um, so I'd just be posting them on Facebook uh, just for my friends and family to see just all, yeah, my family photos or Nuka's interaction with the animals, um, Ziki at the time as well. And I was at, it was a family birthday one day and my auntie just decided that Nuka needed to be shared with the world um, and said that he needed an Instagram account. And I'd had people asking me, We'd meet, I'd meet people while we were out on walks and things and they'd say, oh, does Nuka have an Instagram? And I didn't even know what Instagram was. And I was just saying, no, he doesn't. So my auntie decided, yep, he needs an Instagram so I could share these photos with the world. And so we're sitting at this family thing. She takes my phone. My cousin got involved as well and they're setting up this profile for Nuka. Um, so that's where it all started. Um, I had to learn how to use it, learn how to add photos. I've I've had to now delete a lot of my previous photos that I like later on realised his head was chopped off in them or something. <laughs> um, so it was pretty bad to start with, but yeah. So now he's got a bit of a following. He um from that we actually had the dodo contact us um, and they wanted to do an article on him. Um, that was around a time I got a rat. Oh, that was during the first lockdown. It was when COVID hit and um, our local pet shop was um, trying to rehome all their animals because they couldn't stay open. Um, so I took one of their rats and um, the relationship between Nuka and this rat, it was just, it was amazing. So this rat, not like my current rats, hadn't been... Um, raised with Nuka but he just fell in love with him and he always just wanted to be with Nuka he'd fall asleep on him I'd put him on the ground and he'd run up to him so that went on his Instagram and um yeah the dodo got in contact with us because they were just fascinated with this by this rat and this big black German shepherd basically um 
So they did an article on him and that ended up going going nuts all around the world, recreated all around the world, um, and just people fascinated by this, this dog and this rat and from that all these other animal friends as well. And it was kind of strange for me because um, it's just been normal life for me living with this dog and all these other animals. I didn't think much of it, but the rest of the world seemed to love it. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very strange. Well, let's say it's certainly not the a, a normal household relationship. <laughs> no, no, I guess not so normal. But yeah, that you um, touched on COVID there, and for those people listening, Nicole's down in Melbourne, and they've gone through a couple of different lockdowns. How did that yeah. affect? Sort of Nuka and the and the rest of the menagerie. Um, so for us lockdowns oh, it didn't affect us too much because I I generally spend a lot of time at home with all the animals anyway. So it's hard for me to get out and about. Um when I do it generally is taking Nuka out um on his adventures each weekend and that. So Lockdowns really only stopped us from going on our adventures because we'd be limited um, to a 5K radius or just not allowed to go anywhere at all, basically. Um, But generally, yeah, we weren't really affected too much. I mean, we've got such a nice property here. We kept kept busy with all our gardening and spending time with the animals and all of that. So, yeah, it's... Honestly, hasn't been too bad for us. And we're in such a nice area here as well. So even just walking locally, it's it's sort of like an adventure for Nuka anyway. We've got beautiful um, state and national, not that I can take him in national parks, but just beautiful areas around here um, to walk in. So, yeah, we've, I think we've had it lucky during lockdown with what we've got and being able to spend so much time with all the animals. Mm. It'll certainly make the experience a little bit more bearable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The other reason why all the all the rescues and adoption places, the sort of the cupboards were were bare because everyone was, oh, I'm stuck here. I, I need something <laughs> else to occupy me with. Yeah, yeah, they did. They um, yeah, they everybody ended up with homes during the lockdown. Um, but yeah, we were lucky to already have everybody to keep us company and spend time with and get us through it. So, are there any plans to introduce new species? Um, no plans. Oh, I've always got plans. It's just whether those plans go ahead. And um, my boyfriend doesn't always like my plans <laughs> so I keep I keep saying we've got this big empty paddock out in the front yard and it just needs something in it it needs a miniature donkey or a miniature horse or something um which would be nice but yeah I've got to think logically as well I've got a lot of work on my hands as it is so just a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> um I've been trying for ducks as well. He doesn't want ducks <laughs> or geese, but, yeah. So there's always plans, but, yeah, plans don't always go through. Mm. So 
anything else coming to mind as far as Nuka and adventures or anything like that that you'd like to share? He's got this thing, I don't know what to call it even, it's like a, a sixth sense sort of thing. He, um, when I was out walking in one time, there, there was these girls from a distance that spotted him and they're like, oh, can we pat your dog? I'm like, yeah, sure. And as I got closer to them, Nuka started sort of getting really submissive and started bowing and we got up to them and he'd, he'd just bow to them. And I thought, what is going on here? And then they started talking more and I realised they were autistic. And it was like he just sensed there was something different about these two girls. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely amazing with, with them. He'd um, sort of give them kisses and lean on them and just keep bowing to them. And it was just so different to how he is with any other person. It was amazing. And then he did the same thing with an elderly lady we saw in the pet shop. He saw her before I even saw her and he started bowing at her and slowly, gently walking up to her and nudging her and she loved him, obviously. She was like, oh, what is this gorgeous creature? But, yeah, there's more to him, I think, that I just haven't honed in on. Uh, There's quite a lot of dogs that are just sort of very intuitive to, uh, you know, something not quite, Maybe not quite. I don't, it's going to sound bad when I say it, not quite right with a with a person. Yeah, it's hard to put it, isn't it? Yeah. But they know that I just need to give this person some love, and yeah, it'll make it better. Yeah, I'm hoping to go to the snow soon. Uh, now that we've got snow season coming up, um, Nuka's only been to the snow once, um, mainly because of lockdowns too, because we've been in lockdown so much. Um, we missed it last year, so this year we're hoping to do another trip uh, to the snow so he can run around and chase snowballs and, yeah, just have fun. He loves it. What was that like the first time? Um, so we we took the four-wheel drive, so he was happy being in his four-wheel drive. Um, <laughs> so we and we and it was a slow drive up the mountain um, to get to the snow. But, yeah, he was um, – so – in the cars, he's normally just lying down. Doesn't really look out the window much. Um, he's just happy being there. But when we went up to the snow, as it started snowing and all this white stuff started appearing, you could actually see his interest. He was he was up in the back seat. He was staring out the window. Um, and you could see that, yeah, this, this different environment really uh, sparked an interest in him. Um, and it was just a matter of getting up into the deep snow opening up the door and he was out and sinking in it and jumping through it, leaping, leaping in the air and just loving it. Um, he's having a scratch at the moment. I don't know if you can hear him scratching his ear. Um, yeah, and we had, he had a staffy friend back then as well. So we had his staffy friend there and they would just run around having fun in the snow together. Um, yeah, so definitely on the cards for a snow adventure soon. It's certainly sort of cold enough at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. A fascinating talk about the just the the number of different species that that Nuka's living with and the way he interacts. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank thank you very much for taking the the time out to have a chat. 
No worries. Thank you very much for having me and inviting me on. <laughs> um, before we go, do you want to give out all, all Nuka's social media contacts, or where, where, where can where can where can more people find out about Nuka and the amazing life he has at home? Uh, he's Nuka and Co. So Nuka dot and dot Co is his Instagram. There you go. Thank you very much again. Take care. You too. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. So if you did, just after you press stop, press subscribe on whatever device you're listening to this on. And also, if you could press share and share it with a friend so you'll have something else to talk about. And I'd also really appreciate that as well. If you would like to have a look at the Facebook group, um, make any comments or suggestions, feel free to do so. And if you want to email us, it's podcast at therelaxeddog.com. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family. <laughs>